0: Welcome to another edition of the Corbett Report on Declare Your Independence with me, Ernest Hancock. I'm at the Greater Reset in Austin, Texas. This is PJ. Now, you can reach him at, I'm going to put it all up front here, at P-Funk Science on Telegram. Now, he's a Freedom Cell organizer in the Bay Area in California, and uh, he's interested in getting into being a content provider, and he had a, a cool James Corbett story. And I go, well, you know, we're doing, why don't you come on and tell James, he likes to hear how his stuff is used. We want to inspire James to keep doing what he's doing, you know? So if you don't mind, Jay, I don't have him, you know, uh, share with what he's used you for same stuff that I do. And then I'm going to tell another story. I got a call and I didn't answer it because it was from Switzerland. So he sends me a telegram. Hey man, you know, it's a listener, so-and-so from Switzerland. And he told me this story. I go write it up and send it to me and I'll tell James the story you know, got a lot of James stories, man. All right, PJ, go ahead and uh, tell them what you told me.
1: Yeah. So uh, James, you know, I've been a fan of yours for a really long time. And uh, last summer, I actually, you know, during the the scamdemic, I had gotten a number of um, articles shared from my mother, you know, from Normie news sources and and what have you. And, you know, I was sort of making offhanded comments to her about, you know, there's this isn't real, you know, don't listen to this, blah, blah, blah. And then one day I just decided, you know what? I'm gonna throw a trial balloon out there and I'm, I'm gonna just see if I if I share a Corbett video with her, how she reacts to it. And so I at the ver- very end of my message, I put in uh covid 911 and just saw how she would react to it. And uh, she watched it and she's like, Wow, that was great. And I said, Okay, wait a minute, if you like that, now you gotta watch 911 trillions. Now you got to watch a century of enslavement. And so I started drip feeding for this content and now she's Not drip
0: feeding. That's a fire hose. Man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but she loved, she loved all the content and she's, she's now your biggest fan. And I'm a big fan, <laughs> biggest fan. So fan.
2: Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I love to go over well with the parents. I'm, I'm the conspiracy theorist you can share with your parents. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. What?
0: Right, right, right. Okay. I got to tell you this story. I'll just read what he told me. It's not too long. Um, I'm an American expat living in Switzerland. Yesterday, I was walking on the sidewalk in my neighborhood and overheard a Brit talking to a woman friend on speakerphone walking behind me. It was clear from their conversation that because they have a mutual friend who is recently hospitalized due to the vaccine, they were both anxious about getting it. The man said he'd made his first appointment for next week but now I'm worried, he said. And the woman said she had her second shot appointment coming up soon, but now she was also scared. I couldn't restrain myself. And so I interrupted and asked if he knew that the shots were still in clinical safety trials, not scheduled to end until 2023, and that they are not yet FDA approved. He answered that. uh, He did not know that. Then I gave him a quick summary of the age, health, weight, demographics of the folks who've allegedly died from the virus and told him that his health is his responsibility and that he's not responsible for someone else's health. He was in his 40s and ostensibly healthy. So I told him that he was magnitudes more risk of dying from the flu. And I pointed him uh, to the perspectives on the pandemic series by John Kirby, linked to it in the following text. He and his uh, friend, she spoke with me over the speakerphone so she was on while he was talking to him. Um, seemed generally interested and grateful. Before we parted ways, he said, now I'm really afraid. I knew what he was referring to, but still I responded, you've nothing to be afraid of, to which he responded, I'm not afraid of the virus, but of the vaccine, to which I said you should be. Later I thought, what are the chances of hearing such a conversation and passing on the street until it struck me that perhaps these kinds of conversations are not nearly as rare as one might suppose. And he did talk to me about, he knew all your videos and he had shared that with other people. So I guess he didn't with them. But the um, this is happening worldwide. And on my the Love Bus channel, uh, a good friend of mine that's on there, he speaks fluent German. And there is a, a, a viral meme of some rap guy did, you know, we're not putting on your mask or taking your vaccine anymore or whatever. So on TikTok, they keep... You know, uh, you know, what do you mean, uh, censoring it and taking it off the internet everywhere, but all these German kids and people and adults and old people and young people are um, lip syncing that and sending it out constantly. You know, so I'm thinking it's turned, man. And then uh, you know, the conference, whatever questions you got about that, you know, Paul can answer. But tell me what your, the feedback you're getting from all the stuff that you're doing on this? And what do you think's happening around the world?
2: I really appreciate hearing stories like that because um, it is good to get that actual anecdata. I mean, okay, this isn't scientific data, but it is, I think it speaks volumes more to what people are really saying, feeling, and, and, and acting on than what we are going to get filtered through any, obviously, any mainstream media source, even what we're reading online. Because within our echo chambers, I mean, there are echo chambers online where we tend to read the same things from the same point of view every day. And one of the the echoes that is echoing loudly these days in conspiracy land is that they're all asleep, they're all zombies, no one knows anything, they're all stupid. No, that is not true. Many, many, many people are, I mean... I would say probably at this point, the majority of people know that something is going on. They are not this desperate to push the vaccine on everyone because they love and care and respect you. I'm pretty sure most people don't believe that in their heart of hearts. And a lot of people at the very least have a niggling doubt. uh, I don't know if I should be doing this. I don't know if this is a good thing, but everyone's doing it. So it's the peer pressure that people are going along with. That's why that intervention of that, that American in Switzerland, that is so important right now. Those people needed to hear that other perspective that they probably have not heard. They've probably suspected something like that, but they didn't have the data. If you have actual information and can back it up then yes, please intervene, insert yourself into these conversations. Now is not the time to be a wilting wallflower. Now is the time to be pushing this information out harder than you've ever pushed anything out in your life. And I'm not the type of person that says that people should be going around proselytizing and evangelizing and coming across as crazy. But if there is a time for that, it's now.
0: (laughs) You know, there is on, well, let me see if I can see it. Yeah, the bottom text on the bottom of the Love Bus there, it says Love Bus Liberty Tour. And then it says, did you do your due diligence And that's kind of a sponsored thing. The people that were uh, supportive of this and helped fin- finance it, they were like, oh, we really want that on there. But we curate it. Donna does it. And what they wanted was all the stories that we had that were studies and information for health professionals, for doctors and nurses administrators and whatever, you know, paramedic, whatever, anybody in that they, the frontline doctor kind of stuff, that they need to know that there's a lot of information out. They can't just, because the CDC said, and somebody says, oh, we're just following the guidelines of the WHO or the CDC. I go, shoot that lawyer. I mean, I don't know who the hell's telling you what bean counter lawyer in the back office telling you that just because it's safe of what, you know, they need to be gone. And we, could see it over the last few decades because, you know, in business and I could see what was going on. In perspective, okay, I'm going to share this with you so that you guys understand how it got this way. I'm restaurant management and I have my, you know, own store and, you know, my own pizza place. Before that, I uh, worked for different corporations and they would bring someone, and I don't have a college degree, but I had a lot of experience. You know, I always kind of, you know, I'm earning and i become manager but what happens was they'd have me training these guys they come out of college and they had some job fair and you had a degree hired well i'm I'll fill out i'll fill it out. hired you, you give them a job offer they didn't care as long as they had a degree it didn't have to be in hospitality or they had a degree you got a job offer to work with any major chain the reason was and they give them to me and i'm training them for me i go i got employees hourly. really kick the crap out of these people what the hell are you doing You know, I talked to human resources, and it finally got to the point that I made a big deal out of it. And then they told me, they go, it comes from up top and because in their prospectus and their, you know, uh, wall street of, we got whatever, one of the criteria that they have is how many management or operations have a degree, no meritocracy, no, just, you just got a freaking degree because somebody said, Okay. And I'm going, really? That's your criteria? So now when it gets to where you have all these colleges and everything, you know, oh, you got to be vaccinated or you got suspended because you were caught not wearing a mask off school grounds. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like, who the hell are these people making these decisions? It's an indoctrination thing. They want you woke. Well, now it's getting to where businesses are like, I don't want you if you're woke. Get the hell out of my face. I don't need this crap. So all of this degree stuff and all of it, they're, and they're doubling down. My children, this last year, six of my grandkids, they homeschooled. They said, we're done, we're out. Well, their school now is a charter, kind of semi-private charter school that's a legacy. You know, we know how to spell constitution and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they're like, oh, no, we're going to undo it. We're not doing it anymore. And please come back. And we're, you know, we, we want all that Hancock money you know, and they bring them children's in because we'd be good this time. Pinky swear. So I don't know if it's going to happen again. They're going to try, but I smell desperation. So I need to get, you know, your kind of feel of, it's like now they're not going to get another chance or it's got to be what's coming. What what do they have to top this off with, James? What are they going to top it off with, man?
2: Uh, the alien invasion.
0: The alien yeah. invasion.
2: <laughs> we know that's coming, right? <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, the big distraction, the ever-present distraction that they always want to bring out of the bag. Um, What you are saying hits right on what I was writing about in my my editorial last weekend on MIT, COVID Skeptics Champion Science, where I wrote about this incredible study that was published with little fanfare for some reason, didn't get a whole lot of attention, but uh, some MIT researchers, some grad students, I believe from MIT, did this study where they infiltrated some online COVID skeptics communities. They were looking at Facebook and Twitter and uh, doing some quantitative data analysis of the conversations that these skeptics are having. And specifically with regards to data visualization, which has become one of the big, um, talking points about the, you know, the way that this pandemic is changing, the way we approach data visualization and all the dashboards of showing you, you know, the latest numbers and all this stuff. How do we present this to basically better indoctrinate you? So in that discussion, they were looking, well, how are these COVID skeptics trying to challenge what we know to be absolute reality about this? horrible pandemic how are these skeptics using data visualization to challenge this and so they went into this presumably thinking this will be a slam dunk we're going to show these people are scientifically illiterate they don't know their left from their right they don't know what they're talking about and I then agree. yeah well exactly they found out wow you know actually it's not quite like that they said that uh um what are the exact quotes uh, the anti maskers often reveal themselves to be more sophisticated in their understanding of how scientific knowledge is socially constructed than their ideological adversaries, which is exactly what I was talking about in my Science Says podcast that was the straw that broke the camel's back on my main youtube channel the one that they censored me off the off the off youtube for was me talking about yes science is a socially constructed process it is not this shining beacon of knowledge no it is a it is a method at base but of course when it's treated as proper noun science says that is a social construct um and then they say that uh there the covid skeptics approach to the pandemic is grounded in a more scientific rigor, not less, which is grammatically garbage, but (laughs) I think you get what they're saying. And they also said that the anti-mask users in particular were predisposed to digging through the scientific literature and highlighting the uncertainty in in academic publications that media organizations allied. Uh, In other words, they talk about the fact that, yes, this is not some sort of set in stone, the science says, so you cannot say otherwise. They point out things like uncertainty and other things. So they got their... their, They point out
0: things like What?
2: Uh, uncertainty in data. Uncertainty about the, the data sources, the transparency, the way that it's being put together, the way that it's being displayed, etc. They they go in a lot of detail. And there's also a follow-up article that was in MIT News that I would suggest people read about this study where they were interviewing the researchers and they continue to express surprise that, you know, these these COVID skeptics actually seem to know what they're talking about, but they're wrong. They're horribly wrong. And we have to figure out how to better indoctrinate them, but they really seem to know the science. Anyway, it's, it's kind of funny to read but, but didn't it gets give any
0: uh, any um you know accolades at all or
2: or uh... oh no no not at all the the, the conclusion of the uh, the whole thing is basically just that wow these guys are really good at using data visualization so it, it's not good to just call them scientifically illiterate and dismiss them we we need to um, more actively engage in how we are presenting the data we need so to have better
0: will... powerpoints
2: yeah exactly that's essentially what they're saying um you know, anyway the
0: other thing is is i'm sorry go ahead
2: well, I uh, the, the 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 sort of the this the tail end of this editorial that I'm writing about, hey, MIT's uh, I, MIT, they're a big trusted scientific es- uh, institution, so you can take yeah, their word for Bitcoin. it, right guys? They,
0: you got to trust them.
2: Exactly, which of course, is the exact scientifically illiterate type of argument that they're they're pointing out uh, that the skeptics aren't using. But anyway, um, on but following up from that, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario, the CPSO, which is the licensing body for um, physicians in Ontario, recently came out with a statement saying, we're aware and concerned about the increase of misinformations, Circulating on social media, blah blah blah. Physicians hold a unique position of trust with the public and have a professional responsibility to not communicate anti-vaccine, anti-masking, anti-distancing, and anti-lockdown statements, and/or promoting unsupported, unproven treatments for COVID-19. Physicians must not make comments or provide advice that encourages the public to act contrary to public health orders and recommendations. And they say that anyone who does so could be subject to disciplin- disciplinary action by. The the CPSO, including having their license revoked. So they are trying.
0: Disciplined by who? By whom? The
2: the CPSO, the the, uh, College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. That is the licensing body for physicians in Ontario, Canada. And as a response, Uh, Over 400 physicians from across Canada signed a declaration calling them out saying this is anti-scientific and worse, it's actually against the Nuremberg Code. You you are uh, denying patients the ability to uh, exercise informed consent because we cannot give them all the details about our evidence-based approach to what's happening right now, given these guidelines that you're putting You are against science. So you have hundreds and hundreds of doctors from across Canada that are angry enough to to stand up and make this declaration. Again, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the media that says every single doctor on the planet says this is safe and only a few quacks on the fringe. says No, listen, listen to what they're saying. And the fact that these bodies are having to come out and try to squelch it at the organizational institutional level. That Again, that should be a big flashing warning sign to anyone who was awake throughout any of this.
0: I'm, I, I smell fear. I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that there it's a delaying tactic. They're trying to, it's like, they're trying to get every last person to take the shot anything that it's a desperation thing. You know, it, it's, um, you know, it's a hail Mary. It's a, you know, it's the buzzers going and they're throwing the basketball from the other goal. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. this is, this is weird, you know, And yeah. thing, yeah. I'll give it to the movement. Um, a lot of times when you're confident and you're experiencing this kind of stuff, you just do it. You know, you know, you're, you're going to say the right thing. You don't have to get all freaked out about it or anything. You just hold your line, hold your line. Yeah. But don't you think, and you think you're smarter than all the doctors got, uh, yeah. All the ones you're talking about. So, you know, it's, uh, you have that confidence, but then it's always good to have evidence or just to have good rhetoric or research or a Corbett video, you know, and that's what it comes down to. So it's, how do you combat them? So when they say, ah, these guys, man, they got it going on. They know the damn it. They, they read the report. Damn it. You know, we gotta, we have better PowerPoints, you know, we need to go after them with something. And, uh, and then, so now we have the amp up of our celebrities and, um, and athletes are starting to come in, but a lot of them, are starting to abandon hollywood they're abandoning you know their their league or whatever but man if they haven't put all the pressure on and and, and all of a sudden now what am i seeing you're know, you not going to see it in the the lamestream media the media so last century but you know a lot of alternative and certainly the new ones that aren't getting purged or a result of maga and trump and everything trump's starting a campaign he 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 put some armor all on the tires of his jet. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going around doing something. And this is not a Trump thing. They are going to, if they make it a Trump thing, they're going to feed right into him. You know, and I'm just going it's 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 not. But they'll because he will start going back on the campaign trail. People are start going and seeing them. I saw I haven't started in Arizona. You know, they're going to make it a Trump thing and say all these, you know, anti-vaxxers or truthers or whatever they're with Trump and it'll elevate him. Do you think they'll do that again? They'll make that mistake.
2: What do you think?
0: It's only if they're stupid, but they're so stupid, you know,
2: I, <laughs> I can't disagree with that. You know I PJ, mean, I, what I mean? I mean that's the only
0: reason that I think that they would do it is just, they're just stupid.
2: Mm. PJ, what do you think?
0: <laughs> what do you think, Paul? Well, James, I want
1: to bring up a video you, you did somewhat recently, uh, same data, different conclusions. So I actually work in science and technology, and I saw data recently that is unpublished where it was uh, patients who had been vaccinated, like pre and first shot, second shot. And the The profiles I saw of that were alarming to me. Now, I'm coming at it from an angle of no way in hell would I ever get that shot, would I ever touch that right. But I see um, profiles of of people's immune systems going crazy after that second shot. And to me, I go, that is frightening. My colleagues look at that and go, look, it's working.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You know, so I mean, it
1: just depends on the lens you're seeing.
2: Yeah. And that, that is another point that that MIT study brought up specifically. They said there is an epistemological gap that leads pro and anti-mask groups to draw da- drastically different inferences from similar data. And uh, as, as you say, that goes back to what I was talking about last year, same facts, opposite conclusions. I was talking in that video specifically about lockdown data and the fact that lockdowns seem uh, the places that lock down the hardest and the longest and the strictest and the earliest seem to have the most deaths. Why is that? It's because that's where the hor- most horrible variants were spreading. So if um, if we had a lockdown earlier and harder, there would have been fewer deaths. But oh well, at least we locked down as hard as we did. Wait, wait. Couldn't you say that maybe it was the lockdowns that helped facilitate many of those deaths? No, no. That's a that's an erroneous conclusion. It is. It is always about the assumptions you bring into the data that is going to uh, color the way that you interpret those exact same results so yes this is a phenomenon that's happening right
0: now i gotta ask you james how good is your japanese
2: good enough good enough for most situations not good enough for uh, high level political conversations
0: well i'm wondering you know when they do this kind of rhetoric. They're not having highfalutin, big word language. Well, sometimes they do just to BS it. But, you know, it's slogans, you know, save grandma and, you know, and whatever. You want your robot to get sniffled or something. So, you know, I'm I'm wondering what their rhetoric in uh, Japan is.
2: The two big ones that I have seen here. One is social distancing has entered into the vocabulary as an English loan word. Social distancing, as they say here, um, is now said in Japanese, and it's written on the signs, and they've got the signs up showing you know, how to stay apart and all of that. The other one that um, caught on here, at least for a time, was stay home. And again, in English, stay home was a, a common phrase to see written in various places, which is so deeply, disgustingly, tyrannically Orwellian nightmare, stay home. <laughs> I mean this is this is the yeah, dystopian sci-fi movie we're living through right now. What?
0: What why would they have it in English? Uh, English it's words
2: or... kind of have like a cachet in the same way that uh you know Americans might think that the Japanese characters look cool. I think English looks cool to Japanese and they all know enough basic English to know the word stay home so you know it works.
0: That is Weird, you know. One thing: the demographics in Japan is um, if you look at. Okay, this is a good thing for people to know. If you go to the CIA World Stat data page or something, you just put World Stat CIA and put whatever country, and uh, you'll look at it. And we did this when the um, uh, the purple how was it uh, uh, Arab Spring when Arab Spring was going on. We look at each of the countries. And the thing that's interesting, the median age in America is about 38 years old. The median age in uh, Egypt is like 23, you know, and you, that means you have half of the population under 23. And then, you know, the, the number of percentage under 25 was like some ridiculous 70, 80 percent. I mean, whoa, they got a future of, you know, and you get their minds and you're, you know, that's the way it's going to be. In America, it's a little bit more median kind of thing. It's like 38. In Japan, it's a lot higher. You know, I mean, you're selling more adult diapers than kids. So you're going, damn, that's why they need them some robots, you know. So I'm wondering if uh, this pandemic, they 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 played it to the older, and you're going to die and save grandma and, you know, keep in and all. That. So I, I – and are they afraid? And what about the younger people, the demographic line, you know, mass. Over 40, mask under 40. What's the difference in Japan, you think?
2: You know, that's funny because... And all of this time, I've never even thought about the demographic way that the the Japanese demographics would play into this, because none of the coverage that I've seen has in any way emphasized the age line whatsoever. It is a general blanket fear over the population. This is a horrible disease. You have to do what you have to do to, to make sure other people don't get sick. And they're just, I think they're just making it a blanket thing. I haven't seen them playing on the demographic or the age or the generation gap or anything like that. And... Because Japan is already a nation that has long been normalized, mask wearing is a normal thing over here when people get sick. So now compliance is 99.9 percent children, adults, everything in between. Yeah, absolutely. There's very little pushback on that.
0: You know, here in Oakland, you're Oakland, right? Yeah. So in Oakland, um, you know, what's it like? California, if you don't have a mask, they just shoot you. I mean,
1: it's it's pretty close. So. The apartment that I live in, everybody wears a mask, even if they're outside taking out trash. People walking by themselves, nobody else around. They've got a mask on, sometimes a double mask. It's it's massive. Driving oh. alone in their car. Yeah, yeah. I see the people driving by themselves in a car with a mask yeah. on. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
0: You know, here they uh, the governor. It was like um, mid March or something. I remember we we're at Float Fest, and uh, the governor had said, "Okay, no more man, mandates or whatever." But here in the Austin area, Austin is probably considered a lot more liberal here, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been about 50-50. You know, I mean, people wear it. They don't. But a lot of them, just in the few days this week that we've been here, the mask usage has gone way down. You know, it's just – and it's getting to where people go, here, let me give you a smile. They're kind of even making fun of it. I haven't seen your smile. We had those signs, let me see your smile, you know, that kind of thing. And – That has a big impact. And I'm wondering, who was it? Who are the holdouts? Well, they have a group here that is a a Facebook group that is a self-appointed, you know, lawn and mass mass Nazis. And they're just going reporting and this place is not doing it enough. And they get pleasure out of that to, you know, rat somebody out. When you look at, you know, Stasi Germany or Nazi Germany or back in your, and you think you go, how the hell did this happen? You know, well, then you start seeing memes now that go, well, we now, you know, and there was a test and you failed and, you know, that kind of stuff, but they play on our goodwill. They play on our empathy for others and not, you know, that they they stroke that they strum it, you know, and at some point when people get, you know, learnified, you know, for lack of a better word, educated on, you know, how much they've been lied to. Then when they get off the couch, they put down their six pack, then they got to go, you know, kill that fly. Well, they're not going to sit down until it's done. And I think we're getting to that point. People are starting to think 22 election cycle, 24 election cycle. Oh my god. Trump might come back in even before 22. You know, I, you know, cuz Arizona, the election there are uncovering all kinds of crap, man. It Yeah bad
2: they were being bad didn't save us the first time but if we vote harder guys
0: (laughs) right it's coming yeah mr warp speed vaccine whatever yeah
2: exactly
1: i I want to touch on something you said though about the Stasi though so my mother that i referenced earlier uh shared a good quote she saw recently which is big brother doesn't exist without little brother Mm. everybody who's kind of you know back to the law nazis the mask nazis you know kind of oh, well, you're not, you're not wearing your mask. You're not playing by the rules. You know, that's, that's how this whole system works. And that's how it worked, you know, back in the communist days.
0: You know, the one thing that we, yeah. and it's just from experience of doing this for a long time, the thing that they hate the most, but they, they, they want to get you angry. They want to get you, you know, to react, they want you to, you know, sit there and out, quit it on, I don't know, telegram, Facebook, say whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. um, uh, when you don't, you just, you know, mellow, no, you it's, it's all right. You'll come around. No, 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 no. You're a smart guy. Don't worry about, you know, we'll, we'll talk again in six months. We'll, you know, so you don't want them to start digging foxholes and filling sandbags and, you know, getting all defensive and everything. So you got to kill them with kindness and go, well, if you got some information that counters, my, you know, please tell me, but I'm you don't want to waste your time and engage and just, you know, waste the time thing, but you don't want to get, especially if they're, genuinely good people a lot of times which is how they got screwed up and uh them taking advantage of that you know and you get them good information they're just like a you know a atheist catholic man they want to tell yeah. you about the priest you know
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah good point That's
0: starting to happen
2: yes so let's reorient this this conversation towards solutions because this is 2021 um so i uh, it was completely by coincidence that i put out my anti-ganda um, uh, podcast the other day. Uh, I didn't know you were doing your sign stuff in at the Greater Reset. I didn't know that was happening. So uh, I've actually had this on the back burner for Solutions Watch for weeks now, but it just came up and I put it out. And then as I'm doing this, you're emailing me to tell you about, tell me about your sign work that you're doing there. Uh, tell tell everybody out there what what you're doing there. What kind of signs? Well, you're doing. we
0: had well here. I I, I put it here. I think I can share the screen what uh well it was it was uh paul you know he told me he came in the morning we were putting them up and he goes or making them and he goes hey you know uh corbett had a shout out you know about you doing this you know here's the you know some of the signs that we do and these are the laser cut ones that are out of wood they're 18 by 24 yard signs so we get hundreds of these and uh, the stands we just picked up a bunch more stands today we had drop shipped here and we'll go put these up, and just you know, salon Nazis, mass Nazis, you know, don't like it. And then um, here, let me show. Now, this is the stencil that we made for the Greater Reset. There's Donna doing it, and that's what the stencil looks like. So we take the logo and project it onto this vinyl stuff. It's called waterproof wallboard, and it it lays flat. It makes a really good stencil. And then you see that roll of this. Um, plastic. It's a weave that they make uh, sandbags out of and they use it for a lot of other stuff. So you put a zip tie in a hurricane on a chain link, it ain't going anywhere. This stuff is amazing. So um, we found this over the years and now we know where to order it and different uh, suppliers. The particular one is in South of Chicago and we get them by the rolls. and there's Donna and we just put it on jack stands with, you know, some pipe and we just roll it out spray it, takes like 60 seconds, cut it, the next one, next one, next one. So we started making a bunch of these kits for people and that's what it looks like. So they had the greater reset and we added the .org on it so we could, you know, put it out and that's me cutting them, you know, and spray painting them. And everybody wants to make it really dark. You don't need to, it's just a contrast thing. You just got to get the black on there. They dry in about 10 seconds. We roll them up put a tape on it with some zip ties on there and they're kits. You just take them out. You see some chain link. Boom. Now then we make the other signs, you know, these are guys in Vermont that had our freedom's answer. What's the question? And they make a bunch of them. And, you know, and then there's a bunch of other stuff here, but yeah, you know, this is, this is what, you know, we were doing and I sent you, you know, some of the, you know, that we were making the stencil and you made the thing. And then that morning Paul comes up and he goes, Hey, I guess, I guess, you know, James does know about this stuff, you know? <laughs> and then, and I was, then I had emailed you some stuff. So I sent you a bunch of the other pictures and I go, okay, you want pictures? Here's some pictures, you know, and the Senate, but this is what we've been doing around the country. And really a lot of it is just to train everybody, you know? So these guys, cause they see, they go, oh, that's kind of old school. And I'm going, yeah, you tell me a revolution that doesn't have signs, you know, and i will be interested, you know? Yeah, always-
2: exactly right. This is one of those things that seems so simple that most people will overlook. Yeah. Oh, you know, what's that going to do? But no, that really does make a difference. And uh, there was someone in the comment section of my Antiganda Ganda um, podcast talking about how um, they had seen a sign uh, like on, the, on the, the underside of a dumpster lid or something <laughs> that they went to look at and it was information about fluoride or something along those lines um, that they still remember to this day and that it was just hit them at the right place at the right time. And they- I can't they keep track
0: of how many hundreds of people well, dozens have showed me their Illusion tattoo, I can tell you that. But the uh, other thing was um, hundreds of people that said, I saw a sign. You know, a Ron Paul revolution sign. I saw a sign. I looked up. It did. And kind of and it popped up the meetup or whatever in their local area. Signs are enormously effective, especially when they are censoring any and everything else. They can't censor a sign you put it up on an overpass and a hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people see it before they take it down that afternoon. I don't give a crap. And if you put it up on Friday night, it stays up till Monday afternoon. <laughs> they don't work on weekends, you know? So I'm a big sign guy. And that's why I do this stuff. We have a lot of fun with it and cool signs. And like the, the woman that did, um, you know, the, uh, the market here and the physician, a health physician, um, we're thinking, yeah, tomorrow we're going to do a sign and it'll be you know uh, i think it was plato quote or I, you know let your food be your medicine and your medicine your food who's that remember but anyway so i'm going perfect for them zoe market you oh, know totally. and yeah. do that and a bunch of these let me see your smile thing right when it's starting to turn because then all these mass nazis are getting oh yeah but you're not doing it right you know and they're just so this would be perfect and it'd be a demonstration for these guys. And then the, before we go, the great reset, you know, it's a different theme each day, you know, so kind of, you've been spending a lot of time in there, you know, um, tell me kind of you know, James and I, what you really caught your ear and you thought was cool. And kind of the, you know, the people here and everything. Well, so
1: it's a five-day event, as as you mentioned, and, and it's a different theme every day. So the first day was health and wellness, and I, I'm a volunteer there. So that's kind of how Ernie and I got to know each other, um, but it's health and wellness. It was uh, restore the earth, I think, was second day. Today was the counter economy, and I think tomorrow tech tech yeah yeah tomorrow is tech and then Friday
0: is community, community. Or so. that's yeah that's fry, right so
1: a lot of good talks you know john bush gave a good one today kind of talking about empowering yourself and, and creating your own solutions and sort of not relying on the system and you know kind of defining your own path and, and that way you're not kind of trapped by by their regulations their rules of x-pass what have you so i thought that was a really good talk and um you know, Derek Bros gave a really good talk today, and, and he covered a lot of similar subjects. Um, you know, I think one of the big ones for me this week was um, Christian Westbrook talked about kind of putting your heart into everything and, and letting your heart be the pulse and and using that to sort of change the world and the universe. So everybody knows him as sort of the food guy. So to, to hear him talk about, you know, really use your heart in everything was was really kind of it was mind blowing, you know, and I think that really captured a lot of people's attention. There was a lot of buzz afterwards. And, and I would say, you know, the other thing for me has been just, you know, like, like freedom cell meetups or anything else. It's, it's vibrating with all of your, your cohorts, you know, everybody who kind of gets it and, you know, kind of finding your, your community and your niche and being able to just spend time with people, you know. You know,
0: we spend a lot of time on that, James, what I keep going on about, you know, what I got to do, what can I do what's your conflict resolution. And a lot of people want community. A lot of them also are saying, yeah, I don't want to be on the hippie commune. I just like to be around and know people in my neighborhood of the small town or something. But some people go, yeah, we really need to grow food. We need some common farm equipment. And we got, you know, so that's where I'm coming in. I'm going, okay, I want to see how this works. I mean, to, to live here, you got to bring how many solar panels and what tractor's yours and how are we going to share that? I mean, so, and these things, you know, work themselves out, but yeah. always the guy, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sociopath and that's why uh, pirateswithoutborders.com the uh letter the most recent letter of reprisal is scuttlebutt it's on it's like a Yelp or eBay review on individuals and you don't want that guy in your hippie commune no that guy we didn't kind of don't we start getting this reputation thing out and you know and, and you wait Opinion of certain people and you can have your own filter or whatever. So we've had some attempts and people trying to encourage us to pay them to build the app. And I'm like, I'm not even sure what I want it to do yet. You know, so we need to, you know, this is the thing that I'm worried about. We, how are we going to be a community? And is it in a jurisdiction of some municipal city with an election of the man with the county, blah, 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 blah? I mean, you know, a lot of people are they're going to try and use voting in jurisdictions and congressional districts and all that kind of stuff. And when we started the country, you know, the Constitution wasn't there. That was like a decade after the Declaration. You know, it, 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 we had the Articles of Confederation. There's a lot of history that needs to be done to see that, yeah, they did it. Go talk to the Amish. They've been doing it for hundreds of years. You know, I, I don't know. So we're trying to find out and all the different community gatherings I'm doing like this, it's not me giving a presentation of, I know, whatever, it's me asking these questions. I'm going, no, I don't think I know the Yeah, I don't, I'm asking you, how are you guys going to do this? Cause I guarantee your biggest problem is not going to be the man. It's going to be that, you know, 17 year old kid in his dirt bike, you know, that's the son of whatever the hell, you know, on your hippie commune. That's what I want to know about. So that's one thing that you come across anything, let me know.
2: It's, uh, it's a good point. We need to have conflict resolution in place when, we, when we're building communities and think about that. But we shouldn't also shy away from the very concept of community because we're scared of the psychopaths and sociopaths and how they're going to disrupt things. Because if we do that, then they win. We don't want that. Communi- and, well, define
0: uh, community. I can't get anybody to define it for me. Define it for me. What do you, what do you give me some of your criteria.
2: Uh, I wouldn't say it's a singular thing. There are different communities that you exist in. Some of them are online. Some of them are physical. Some of them are your neighbors. Some of them are your greater community of people that you interact with on a daily basis. Some of them are people you've never met. And so which community are you thinking about living in? Obviously, the the first thing you think about is your patch of ground, your real estate, where you physically reside, and that should be your First order of community, but you, everyone needs more rings around them. You know, we're not just little islands living in little pockets. When and if it comes to that point that we are literal I- isolated communities, that's Mad Maxville, and you, uh, hopefully we can survive that. But I don't think we want it to get there. We want to have different forms of community that we interact with in different ways. So I, I wouldn't define it down to one thing. Uh, I would say there's there's different orders of community.
0: You know I had um uh a friend of mine that moved from Phoenix into a farm, I mean really rural in uh Missouri and he had a friend that he wanted me to talk to that still lived here and he survived Yugoslavia's breakup, the Balkanization of whatever. And the main thing that I remember from the conversation, it was really interesting, is he said during those years when you got snipers in Sarajevo taking out your friends and so on, um it was the apartment buildings that had a plaza in the middle and they dug a well, you know, and they took care of each other and none shall pass and turn on the wall kind of thing. And they would grow, you know, food and they'd forage, or they'd go out and they'd, you know, at night and sneak and whatever the heck they had to do to survive. But all the people that were in the farmland, the people that were more rural that went out and said, I'm going to survive and be out here. And they were overrun. Every one of them, they're just like, and it's ours now, you know? So if you're not willing to have, uh, it gets to the zombie apocalypse. You're going to have to have the, you know, whatever it takes to defend your food and your goodies, and uh, enough people to do it. Or you better not be out there because you're just prey, unless you're hidden. You know, you you got a, you know, silo or something somewhere. You know, but uh, these are. It's sad that we got to think about these things. It I, is, and and I want to
2: stress that point. I don't want people to be building communities out of fear. I think that we should be building communities out of love. But realistically, not pie in the sky, everything will be perfect, we don't have to think about it. No, we have to think about the problems that can arise, but the intention should be love. And actually, I relate that back to Paul, what you were saying about Christian Westbrook, Ice Age Farmer, and his speech. Um, It reminds me of a story that Freeman Fly told on my podcast years ago, where he was, I guess, in his younger days working at a, 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 I think it was a Pizza Hut or some corporate pizza chain, um, being... Waiter, being a waiter, but also uh, helping out in the kitchen and cooking. And when he made the pizzas, they'd always get compliments. Wow, this is really great. This is I don't know what you did, but this is great. And to the point where, when the corporate guys came in to take a look, and they they asked him, "What what is it? What is your secret ingredient? What are you doing? How are you preparing this?" And He says, "My secret ingredient is." love, <laughs> and <laughs> at which the corporate guys go, wow, well, yeah, hippie. Blah, blah. But I, I, I think there is something to that, not in a, you know, hippie new age kind of woo-woo way, but in a real sense, when we do things out of love, when we create them out of love and present them in a spirit of love, I think they are understood and appreciated in a different way. When we go into something with the intention of hatred or fighting against something, we are bringing that energy into what we are creating in a in a horrible way that really does tend to make us into these siloed creatures that are looking at everyone as the enemy. That's not the kind of community I want to exist in, whether virtually or physically. So uh, I think we have to take that intention with us.
0: You know, and it goes down to the children, too. I'm really proud of my family. And, you know, the way we raised our kids. And of course, that goes down to the grandkids and everything and what influence we had. And and I'm going, man, do you really want to send them back to, you know, school, you know, you know be a fish? You know? <laughs> you know, who wants to do that? And, um, but I know th- th- the strength of them, what they've done, how well they've done, you know, being out of school, you know, and being, because they, they're regimented it's every day, man. They, you know, they, you know, do their schoolwork and uh, they read a lot. And he got more time to read. So I've been sending them all kinds of books. I just found out. I sent him a collection, you know, a nice hard bound of Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn because they were like illegal everywhere. You know, and my grandson, he goes, the other German shepherd bandit ate Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Some bitch. Anyway, so I got to give him another one. That. But um, them doing that and going back to school is the influence they're going to have on the classmates. And I um, you know, the stories that they're going to tell about what happened. Oh, well, you we didn't wear? I don't know what you're talking about. And they're leaders, so they're going to have a much. You want them to go back at least one year, <laughs> you know, kind of infect them and everything, and then ask screw yeah. them. But um, I'm yeah. thinking we're going to come out stronger out of this. I, you know, I, I think they they pulled the trigger and they just didn't realize what was going to happen. They should have. They should have deplatformed. James Corbett, a long time ago. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, this is why it's the Greater Reset activation, right? Because people are becoming active. And yeah, it takes calamity and it takes hard times to make people realize they've got to get off their butt and do stuff. So it's great to see you doing that with the sign activism, which is an important part of what's going on. Paul, thank you for telling us about the Greater Reset and what's going on there. Sadly, I haven't been following it as it's happening because I am busily working on... My next project, which relates to where you're going after this, Uh, Ernie. Where are you going to go next? Red Pill. Red Pill Expo in South Dakota, right? Yeah. I I don't even know because I'm not going to be there, but I'm going to virtually be there with a video presentation, a sneak preview of my next big project that I'm working on that I'm quite excited about. It will be uh, on the subject of hopium and warning people against the hopium that is unfortunately all too easily... Available these days uh, via QAnon and other such things that have led people down garden paths and not towards activation, but the exact opposite, deactivating people. So uh, I want to warn against that and obviously tell people that no, we have to get active and engaged and not trust the plan and wow, pass the popcorn.
0: You know, we had G. Edward on, you know, he's been on the show quite a bit, known each other for a long time, and um, he's way more anarchist than people realize, but. Mm-hmm. Sees the electoral process as a mechanism for doing kind of a lot of what we do, and we're on board. We talked uh, just two, three weeks ago, and I'm going look. I go back to Arizona, and I'm I'm going to mess up their crap. I'm going to run for Secretary of State again for the third time, but this time as a write-in. So they have a bunch of paper to count. I that is what's going to muck up their crap. They have no idea what. And what do I get to do? up campaigns. I'm going to have me some fun. So I go to uh, G Edward and they kind of, you know, want this kind of activity. I go, I don't know. I'm going to do it my way. Are you sure you want to play? You want to help? We're going to have some fun. <laughs> Dr. Shiva. Oh yeah. We could, I go, yeah, but I'm going to do it as a write-in. We're going to, well, he had a campaign for U.S. Senate that got Freaking, you know, election fraud all the hell because he's in Massachusetts running against Elizabeth Warren, and uh, you know, and then he ran against a Kennedy. I'm going, what do you think was going to happen, man? You know, so this has been the election fraud is becoming finally getting its attention because don't sit there and tell me about voting you can't even count it right. And it's one plus one is two plus one is three, but I can't look at the software because it's proprietary, you know. And I'm going, really? I mean, I go to the grocery store and it, it bleeps and deletes a coffee of which size and brand from inventory and orders and does. That's not secret, you know, but I got one plus one plus one. And that's secret. You know, you guys are so full of crap, your ears stink. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going, no, I'm not doing this. So we're going to go at least one more cycle, building up all this to back in Arizona to get to have a say, bunch of signs, bunch of campaign, bunch of rhetoric bunch of James Corbett videos and a awesome. lot of education of a bunch of people. Ernie, you got
2: downloads that people can do for your signs or, or uh, where, where do people go to find out more about that?
0: Uh, yes, we do. But yeah, um, I can show you. We, we, we have you go to lovebuslibertytour.com and there's part one, two and three. In part one, you scroll down there and it'll have copies and PDFs of some of the signs that we've done. But we have, you know, a bunch more, and we – I mean, hell, you just take a picture of it and just transmit it on a thing and trace it out. I mean, we made it as simple as possible. But, yeah, yeah, we need to do that again. I'm telling you, James, I'm busy, man. I mean, it's – I know, I know. Trust me, I get it.
2: Yeah, goes, speaking hey, of,
0: this, you know what you should
2: I do? really am working on that next podcast, so I got to get going. But uh, thank you guys for for telling me about what's going on there in Austin.
0: That's great, and thanks for coming out, Paul. I know Paul's a big fan, and he had a good story to tell. And I really like him, and he's an activist in Oakland, and he'll have you know things to add, I'm sure, as time goes on. And, and drew- Paul,
2: thank you for for sending those links to your mom. That's awesome. Absolutely. And I hope more people will continue doing that. I know I get a lot of frustrated people. I've, t- I've tried telling this to people and no one's listening. Okay. I know. Wait, what are you, what are you going to do? Just shut up about it? No, you got to keep spreading the word and you never know when it'll hit someone in the right way. And, and
1: James, she's totally on our team. And and it was that one video of yours that that kind of opened her eyes. So thanks for awesome.
2: That. Love yeah. to hear that. Peace brother. All right. Take care guys.
1: Bye.